TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. What we do here on the TalkZone.com, we cover a lot more in between. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's the coach flying solo today. Sports talk and more coming at you. We appreciate you joining us. Our phone number if you want to join us on a more personal level. And again, I'm flying solo today, so you can be the co-host, the co-pilot, if you will. 888 A lot going on in the world of sports and off the sports page as well. By the way, uh, just a friendly, friendly reminder. Nobody needs it out there, but it is tax day. So uh, if you forgot, if you haven't done your taxes, you've got uh, a very brief moment in time to do so. One of the great things you can do, I think, uh, today, I know people, I've never done it, but I've always wanted to. Maybe better than any spectator sport that you could uh, venture out to today is you get maybe a you know iced out a little six pack of beer your favorite beverage beautiful at least in the chicago area to unseasonably warm spring day typically you know we're about 45 degrees windy and cold in early april but uh, we're in the early uh, 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 low 80s low 80s the weather of uh, uh, Absolutely gorgeous here in Chicago. Hopefully, whatever fine city you are listening from, it is equally as nice. But uh, even if it's not, bundle up. If it's raining out there, bring a raincoat, bring an umbrella. It's well worth it. And you camp out at your local post office. And again, I highly recommend, uh, you know, bring some chips, some beer nuts, peanuts, almonds, whatever your favorite munch food is. Six pack of beer, your favorite beverage, and just uh, sit down in a chair and just watch the people coming in from... Well, maybe like 9.30 at night till midnight. Free ticket, doesn't cost you anything. Hopefully the cops won't say anything. I think if you're being very peaceful and being somewhat subtle about it, uh, you can get away with it. But uh, great entertainment. Again, I've never done it. Something I've always wanted to do. People that have done it say it's great entertainment. Great pe- If you're into people watching, which I'm a big people watcher, it's the best because you see people in all various stages of panic. And the beautiful thing is you're sitting there with your six-pack of beer. You've got, hopefully, you've got your tax returns in. you got a nice refund coming to you. You can drink, smile, and enjoy it. David Olson, you look like a man. Our producer today, by the way, the um, young and the restless one, my bodyguard, if you will, David Olson. Have you done something like this? No, I haven't done anything like that. But I was just going to say, you know, instead of uh, going out there with a six-pack okay. as you're grabbing your giant mug, Free coffee at Starbucks today, as long as you bring your own cup. Really? Yep. So if you in, want to take that nice little uh, okay. thermal mug you got there mm-hmm. up into Starbucks, they'll fill it up for free. In honor of tax in, day. In honor of tax day. This is a Starbucks tradition. Yes. It's very nice. It's very nice. Very nice. I don't drink Starbucks coffee that often, but I may have to take you up on that. Hey, it's free. It's free. There's one right across the street. Okay. Beautiful. Little. It's like a sympathy vote from Starbucks. Basically. Uh-huh. Basically. Yeah. Very nice. All right, you got your taxes all in. You're all uh, good? I had them in for about two months. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like what one of the uh, 
hockey players was quoted as saying when he was trying to get help on his taxes, he asked the general manager, it was a hockey player, he said, who is this FICA guy or FICA guy? Why do I keep paying him so much money? They say hockey players don't have any intelligence. Come on. Uh, 888-463-6748. So there's your spectator sport for tonight, folks. You can skip basketball and baseball for tonight and go out to your local post office. By the way, your local post office, just getting off the sports page once again, is uh, going to be uh, changing. Lots of changes going on with the Postal Service. I think Saturday mail delivery is going to be a thing of the past. And when you think about it, how many people... I would love to hear anybody that really depends on daily mail at this point. You know, people are making a big deal about, uh, uh, you know, Saturday mail being canceled. One could argue at this point that the mail should come about as often as the garbage, really. Maybe going from six days a week to one day a week or twice a week would be too drastic. But, uh, you know, with the advent of email... How many people would be drastically affected, or maybe not even drastically effective, medium-level negative, if all of a sudden the Postal Service just delivered, oh, say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? People are acting like, oh, my God, Saturday mail not coming. Oh, my God, the post office is not delivering on Saturdays. It's a change of our way of life. Get used to it. Within about five years, it'll be, uh, you know, twice a week. And I, and I hate for postal workers to lose their jobs. That's a negative advent of it. Don't want that to happen at all. But if you look at uh, the way life is now, the way we conduct our business, if you will, uh, in reality, one could argue that uh, the, the the mail should be delivered about as long as garbage delivery is. And most people have garbage delivery once a week. I don't know the people that sign up pay extra for twice a week. I don't quite understand that. But I guess if you got, you know, a wife and four and a half kids in a two and a half car garage, maybe you need that. So maybe. Really, we could, down the road, we could have a combined job. Why have a postman come to this uh, house and a garbage man, and we're trying to economize things, the greening of America, saving energy, saving gas? I may have just come with a breakthrough idea. David Olson, I don't know if you have a pipeline to Barack Obama or any of his people, but I'm here to suggest probably the first one, hopefully the last, that the garbage man and the postal service will combine duties and become one. They will deliver the garbage or they will take out your garbage and deliver the mail all at the same time. That's why I'm saying you need to run for public office, Coach. I thought about you're, it. You're many the times. idea man. <laughs> Pat, Pat Quinn's got nothing on you. Oh goodness! If I was running against Pat Quinn, I'll tell you what. With the way the candidates for our current governorship is, I, I have thought of running for public office. I just haven't quite figured out. I'm thinking a state comptroller. I'm very bad at math, but I thought comptroller sounds kind of cool. Maybe a uh, um, not Jesse Owens, but um, who's our Secretary of State now? Jesse, Jesse White. Jesse White. Great, great individual. I think he said this his last term. I might, uh, if this radio gig doesn't work out, I might just run for Secretary of State of the State of Illinois. Got nothing better to do. But that's right. I'm the idea man out here. So the, 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 I had two separate ideas. You combine the two. There it is. You heard it here first. The garbage guy and the postal guy. Now you got to train both of them. On two separate jobs, so the training would be very interesting. But uh, at any rate, get your taxes in. <sighs> Chicago Bulls, we talked about it a lot yesterday, folks, as we venture over to the uh, sports topic. I get away from uh, some more of my crazy ideas and stay on the sports road, if you will. The Chicago Bulls won a big game last night. Final 
game of the regular season, and they needed to win that to make the playoffs. We here in the Chicago area are celebrating. Some of us are celebrating at a higher level than others. Some not as excited about the thought of playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in a best-of-seven series. But, hey, bottom line is you are in the playoffs. The Bulls finish out. It's kind of weird because they started the season at uh, with a 500 record. And basically after 82 games and four and a half months of basketball, they broke even. 41 wins, 41 defeats. But it certainly was not a break-even season. There were some peaks. There were some valleys. There are... It's just about every sports season, but for our NBA team here in Chicago, and if you want to talk some NBA basketball real quick, the playoffs coming up. You got a team in your particular area, wherever you're uh, listening from. You got a team you're rooting for. You want to talk about them? Maybe your team didn't do so well. We can help you out a little bit. We got could figure out who, maybe who your team needs to draft in the NBA draft. We'll preview the playoffs a little bit. Eight 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 four six three. 6748, a little snippet on NBA playoffs here. Uh, you can email us, by the way, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. But the peaks and valleys are, are uh, every team goes through those over the course of the season. This year for the Chicago Bulls, the peaks were higher than normal, and the valleys definitely were lower than normal. It was almost like a soap opera with a soap opera-esque ending, which... Sounds like we all made way too much of, maybe not our show, but a little bit too much publicity on the whole Vinny Del Negro, John Paxson shoving match and how that got out and the publicity on it, the general manager and the coach getting in a fight, yada, 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 yada. By the way, Casey Johnson, the writer for the Chicago Tribune, I give him a lot of credit because he answered some questions. He was getting pretty much lambasted in the local papers, A, and in the national media, B, and the gist of it is, and, and Casey Johnson had seen the, either he was aware of it or he saw what happened. Vinny Del Negro and John Paxson getting into a pushing match, shouting match about the playing time of Joe Keem. No, anytime the general manager and the coach get into a physical confrontation, that's, um, well, if you want to say it, that's quote unquote news or it's a story. Casey Johnson did not report the story. And he says there's a couple of things that he can't print in the paper that were behind it. But one of his main issues, he said, you can criticize me about it. He says, but I feel comfortable with the decision uh, that he put into his decision-making, whether to release the story or not, the humane factor. What he called the humane factor. In other words, out of respect for probably most of all, Vinny Del Negro, the head coach, and maybe uh, secondarily, maybe even derily, if I can use that word even derily, Johnny Paxson, the general manager. But, you know, hey, newspaper reporter's got a job to do. He's supposed to inform the public about stories about the team, especially a beat writer. But there are times when that gray area comes and you want to respect a particular player's morals. You want to protect his uh, personal life. You want to protect him a little bit. What should the public know? What shouldn't? And uh, you know what? I got no problem. And he answered it beautifully in the Chicago Tribune today, much better than I can say uh, verbally. Maybe we can read a little bit off it. But I thought KC, uh, who took a took a beating yesterday, for the most part, I thought he answered it well. And again, uh, respecting the credibility, if you will, of the coach and the general manager. Some stories need to come out. Maybe some stories don't, too. And I'm sure it happens, right? And I'm not a beat writer, never have been a beat writer, and never want to be a beat writer. But um, 
I'm sure they've seen players in compromising situations, which is not reported in the newspaper. Now, one could argue, well, that's a different situation than the general manager and the coach pushing each other. You can get, and again, there's that vast gray area, but if you're going to, uh, in the in that gray area, if you're going to favor one side or the other, I personally favor protecting the athlete, or in this case, the coach and the GM and their reputation and not letting the public know what, quite frankly, doesn't have that much to do with the team as it is. And as I say, that one could argue that too, because again, you got a coach and a GM fighting, it does affect the team. So it's tough. Tough situation, but again, I thought Casey Johnson handled it very well in the Chicago Tribune. More importantly, the Chicago Bulls. And if you're a Bulls fan out there listening in the Chicago area, you want to talk about a uh, team that overcame some odds? Would love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. It's one of the things we love so much about sports, and even at the professional level. You can get uh, into it, if you will. You find uh, individual players, you find teams fighting through tough times, overcoming odds and achieving and celebrating the victories. That's what we love so much about sports. The human stories like that, the emotional stories. The Bulls did pull out a victory yesterday. They make the playoffs. They overcame a lot, including a 10-game losing streak. I contend that that's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, which part? Them making the playoffs. In the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. with the direction the franchise is headed, uh, I think they'd be better off being in the ping-pong balls than getting ousted in the first round by LeBron James. You know, first of all, we're in the games, we're, we're into sports, we're into competition because we like to compete and we like to win. Okay, and you know, some people say, well, it doesn't really matter unless you win the championship. And that's sort of what you're alluding to. Well, who cares well, if we no, make... No, 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 I'm not saying winning the championship. There's no way they're going to win the championship. I'm saying they're not even going to contend in the playoffs. They made it into the playoffs on the last day of the season. Mm-hmm. It's not like they secured a spot two or three weeks ago, so they're actually going to make some noise. I mean, they'll, they'll win a couple games in the series, but they, they really have no chance of winning the series. They don't. Well, I wouldn't say no chance. Highly they, unlikely. They, 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 highly unlikely. Highly slim unlikely. Chance. Slim chance. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, a Butler had a slim chance of making the NCAA Finals, too. Apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. I'm not so sure about that. You, 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 wait, wait, wait. How can you, how can you even say that? Because, I mean, they were, they were a ranked team going into the playoffs. Well, well you're going into the tournament, I mean. They may have been a ranked team, but if you check the Las Vegas odds and the Las Vegas sports people are pretty sharp people, what were the odds? A Butler making the championship game. I'm going to say about 200 to one, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But okay. You're talking. Well, if somebody talked about the Bulls beating Cleveland. I think you could get 200 to one odds, but probably better. Probably, but you know, Butler, it's you know one game in advance, one game in advance. We're talking seven game series here. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I could turn it around for you. In Butler's case, one bad game and you're out. The Bulls, as an underdog team, they can have a bad game and still find a way to win. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Highly unlikely, but I still, to me, I can't buy into that whole, hey, it would have been better to lose, and that the ping pong balls and the draft. You know what? What happens in the future happens I'm not saying it would, have been, it, you know, would have been better if they lose. I'm saying it's not necessarily a good thing that they won. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm saying the same thing, but I'm not saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it's... A little bit more excitement for the city, maybe, but it's is it really good for the future of the franchise that well, they did know this? You know? Right now, I don't care about the future of the franchise down the road. What I care about right now is this is this year. 
We're competing this year. We made the playoffs, and if nothing else, I love watching the Bulls play. I love NBA playoff basketball. We get to watch games. Hopefully, at least a few of them are competitive. Maybe the Bulls can win a couple of games. So just from an enjoyment and from a competitive standpoint, we get to watch our Bulls compete in the NBA playoffs. I can't predict what's going to go on down the road. Ah, that's just just the way I feel. More importantly, Dave, I would like your opinion on uh, the writer withholding the story. I thought it was interesting, and you always have a cerebral perspective on it. Do you think the uh, beat writer, hey, if it's out there, it's his job to inform the general public who are counting on him for the inside story, or do they protect the human side a little bit? Now, I, I didn't read what uh, Casey Johnson said in the paper this morning. I didn't get a chance to look at that, but... You know, you're walking a fine line between doing your job and protecting the team and your place within the structure of the team. You know, he apparently had his reasons for not reporting it, um, and maybe those reasons were justified. I don't know enough about the situation really to make an opinion either way, but, you know, it's if he felt it wasn't worth reporting because there are reasons that still haven't been reported, that's his prerogative. That's his yeah, and those couple of things we're not going to uh, know, so it's hard to judge because there's a couple of things he basically said he can't explain, and we have to respect the exactly. guys. Exactly, and you know, going by those things that he can't, you know, it's like, well, if you knew the whole story, mm-hmm. you'll know why I did it. And, you know, he's he's a journalist, and he, he has integrity, so I I can respect his decision. One of the uh, and he's answering letters from the readers. Why did you Why did you bury the story of Paxson and Vinny? How can we trust your objectivity if you don't report breaking news? This is how he responds. Uh, that's a conclusion each reader is going to have to reach on his own. I've worked at the Tribune for 20 years and have weighed a multitude of delicate decisions in those decades. Uh, decades. <laughs> I'd like to think my body of work speaks to my accuracy, fairness, and objectivity. This may surprise some, but journalism does have gray areas. You gather information, you conduct interviews, and then you make decisions on what to publish based on what you know at the time. Um, I will continue to work as hard as I can in every story and will weigh contributing factors on each different item, just as I did here and just as I thought I've done throughout my career. So. Again, he's not really getting into specifics, but at least he's yeah, answering yeah, an answer. No, I, I think that's a that's a that's a that's a good response. That's a good response. Mm-hmm. I can totally see where he's coming from, and I'll just I'll point out uh, we've got a show on uh, Wednesdays called the Fan Cave, and it's got a uh, Dave Hoekstra from the Sun Times and Phil Rogers from the Tribune, and they mm-hmm. both agree with what Casey Johnson did. Yeah, that's on the uh, talk show. That's on the talk show. Premiered sta- yesterday. Really. Yes. What's it called? The Fan Cave. The Fan? The Fan? The Fan Cave. That is outstanding. We have to hook up with the Fan Cave. we got to become friends. Everybody here at the Talk Zone, we might not be a happy family, but we're uh, a dysfunctional family. Beautiful. Who's on the Fan Cave? Uh, it's Tom Morgan. Tom Morgan. Uh, Phil Rogers. Of the Chicago Tribune. Of the Chicago Tribune. Outstanding. And Dave Hoekstra of the Chicago Sun-Times. Wow. And it's uh, wow. Sports and Memorabilia. Beautiful. Because that is Tom Morgan's trade, his uh, sports memorabilia. At the risk of uh, offending uh, Thomas Morgan, who I'm sure is an outstanding individual. I'm not a a big memorabilia guy, but uh, we'll check in for the sports. The Fan Cave is on what uh, particular times? It's on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time. How about that? A new member of the family.
New member of the family. If you listen to the TalkZone.com, folks, 24-7, it's not just if you're just listening to this show. It is not just a sports talk show. It runs the gamut. I mean, you name it, we've got it. Just about every topic on the TalkZone.com. You can check out the www.TalkZone.com website. All the shows are listed there. We are truly a dysfunctional, if not slightly entertaining family. Ah, we're going to take a quick break. It's the coach flying solo today. If you want to uh, join in and be the co-pilot, you could do so. 888 Got some more thoughts on the Bulls and the playoffs. we got Major League Baseball on the docket. Lots of stories off the sports page, too. And get those taxes in, folks. It is the dreaded tax day today, but don't you fear, according to our producer, David Olson, bring any mug in for free coffee at Starbucks. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone yeah we are indeed back on the talkzone.com two guys and a mic show by the way i'm looking at the little uh, aol a little titillating tidbits news and notes of the day and one of the items there is a uh, larry king apparently talk show host czar larry king Getting divorced for the seventh time? Seventh time. Wow. And apparently there's a little bit of a controversy with this particular divorce. In the sporting world, he is a, uh, that's got to be some kind of record-breaking. He's, he's almost becoming the Joe DiMaggio of marriage at this point. Unbelievable level. You know how DiMaggio just consistently got hits 56 games in a row. Larry King consistently getting married and a divorce, married and a divorce, married and a divorce. A lot of people thought this particular marriage was going to break the streak. I think it lasted 13 years, but no, another divorce. And is there a controversy with him, maybe with her sister or something like that, his current wife's sister? It's unbelievable. By the way, if you're keeping score at home, I keep forgetting that. Michael Jordan, six championships, right? So if you're keeping score at home, Larry King now one ahead of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, six championships. Larry King, seventh divorce. And, hey, who am I to spread rumors? You put two and two together. This Larry King divorce might bring Michael Jordan out of retirement. He might not want Larry King to beat his record. By the way, do you see MJ sitting courtside for the, uh, of course, he is the brand-new uh, majority owner. He's been a minority owner, but now he is the 
Kit and Caboodle, the grand pooba, if you will, of the Charlotte Bobcat. He was sitting uh, courtside, looking very dapper. Very, very dapper. He is a very sharp dresser. Had the, uh, what was it, the beige sport coat? Actually, he and Larry Brown both. The, their team played absolutely horrible, but the coach and the owner could not address any better. Michael had the beige. I forget what color shirt he had on, but he had the beige tie to go along with it. Real sharp look. He had just had his teeth whitened, you could tell. Beautiful, beautiful look. Larry Brown, really cool look. Had the black sport coat, the black uh, button-down shirt, and the black tie, color on color. Out of sight, my man. Very, very nice for Larry Brown, the Hall of Fame coach. I was just thinking, Watson, Larry Brown, who was, like, best way I can describe it, yesterday's game, was feigning interest in the game. Yeah, he's a competitive guy, and this was about as uncompetitive a game as could be for his team. But there were various points during the game when his competitive juices would kick in. But isn't it amazing that he can still get the competitive juices flowing, that he can still fire up to try to win a regular season game? Think about how much basketball he has watched in his life. Here's a guy that you know grew up playing basketball. He was a player for uh, North Carolina, a very good college basketball player. Not sure if he played in the pros or not. But all his years of uh, playing basketball. And then as a coach, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of games he has coached, but at the uh, high school level, and then he became a Hall of Fame college coach, back to the pros, back to college, back and forth, jumping jobs. We all know that every three or four years. In fact, he stuck with Charlotte pretty long. There was actually a race going on to see who would last longer, Larry Brown with the Charlotte Bobcat or Larry King with his current wife. And uh, apparently Larry Brown will win that particular contest. I know, uh, you know, place your baguette. Place your bets. Place your bets here. Two dollars. Which Larry will lose his job first or lose his wife first? But uh, to still, after all those years of watching basketball, to still have the enthusiasm, which he still does, and the love of the game, it's amazing. And the guy's got to be 60-something now, so 45, 50 years, probably nine months out of the year of basketball, thousands of game coaching, absolutely amazing. And he's still a great coach. Got a Charlotte Bobcat in the playoff for the first time, I believe, in... uh, Seven years. So he's doing a nice job. Bulls got the victory, though, and they played extremely well. Knocked them off uh, 98-89. to And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, David Olson, our producer, um, saying some of the same words that many of our Chicago Bulls fans, our listeners feeling, you know, oh, we got to get the ping-pong ball, we got to bring in the free agents, the Bulls' future is good. The Bulls' future is good. You watch them play the last three, four games. The young kids can play Derrick Rose. Derek Rose has taken his game to another level. I know a lot of people asked last year, you know, he's looking pretty good, you know, if, if Derek Rose can become that NBA superstar, if Derek Rose can have that good sophomore year. Early in the season, there were some ifs. You know what? Watching the last 10 games, take out the big giant if eraser and scratch it out. There are no more if. This guy is a full-fledged superstar. Like I talked about yesterday, I just hope he doesn't try to take on too much. Hope we, the coach, and I'm hoping it'll be Vinny Del Negro. Apparently, that's an impossibility. But I'm hoping that the coach, uh, you know, the best thing for Derrick Rose is he got to still depend on his teammates. He can't become the whole show. And and he got a great young team. Great young team. Taj Gibson, maybe the best draft choice in the entire draft last year, has quietly become a solid NBA player. And uh, Joakim Noah. I mean, it's unbelievable watching this guy. You talk about athletes in all of our uh, Chicago area. I'd even 
venture to say nationally in, in pro sports. Hockey, basketball, football, baseball. Last five years, a guy that has surprised people more than Joakim Noah has. That has performed beyond what others thought he might. I think Joakim Noah would be in your top ten list. I'm not saying he's top one. But you put all four sports together, top ten. He is legit. Unbelievable offensive rebounder. Got great finishing ability on the inside. Great enthusiasm and intensity. And now, and finally, I'm going to go out to the phone calls here, 888-463-6748. And again, breaking down the Chicago Bulls just a little bit here as they make the playoff. You finally have Lou Aldang in the role where he is most effective. Last year, well, last year he was injured a lot. But the year before that, they paid him a ton of money. There was not an effective Joakim Noah. There was no Derrick Rose a couple of years ago. Luol Deng had to be like the main guy or your number two scorer. Not good enough to be that. It's not an insult to Luol Deng. I like Luol Deng. But he's not good enough in the NBA to be your main scorer, your two scorer, and he struggled in that role. The fans were getting on him and stuff. Now, now he's playing the role, which he should be. He's a complimentary scorer. You forget about him. You gotta watch Rose. You gotta watch Joe Keem. You gotta keep an eye on Taj. Kirk Heinrich, if he gets hot. Now all of a sudden, Lou Aldang is playing the perfect role because he can get your 17, 18 points a game. He can get your 8, 9 rebounds, slash into the basket. The Bulls are falling into place very, very nicely. 41 and 41. David Olson, I broke it down. Went through all the matchups last night about 2 o'clock in the morning after a couple brandies and a shot of beer. Or was it the other way around? A couple of beers and a shot of bread. At that point, I couldn't even remember. I got the Bulls winning in uh, five. Cavaliers win the second game at home. I got so carried up with the Bull victory last night, I got the Bulls in five. Hopefully, I broke that down uh, just about as good as I broke down my taxes when I filled them out. You know, last year they said, I decided to, you know how they always say to fill out your taxes with a smile? Well, I filled out my taxes with a smile and sent it in. They sent me a note back and said, uh, next time, send money. Thank you very much. Out to the phone lines we go. Trying to put a little humor in the tax day here, folks. April 15th, it is. Get your quarterly taxes. Get your tax returns in. Out of the phone lines we go. Checking in line number 14. It is our good friend, NBA, and our NFL expert during the football season, Charlie Colbert, checking in. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing great, Coach. You sound great. Most importantly, Charlie, have you got your taxes in? Oh, I did that a long time ago. I learned. Really? I learned. Get, really? Get it, get it in, get it done. I do have someone to help me do it, though. I not, not want to do it by myself. Really? It would be a lot of chuckles in the old IRS. You got a good guy helping you? Because my guy is struggling right now. I'm looking for a new guy. Oh, yeah. I got a really good guy. Right. H.R. Croc. <laughs> H&M in parentheses, full of, right? You'll, you know what? He'll be out <laughs> in five to ten, so I'm not worried. <laughs> Oh, very nicely played. Now, Charlie, I can't remember. Now, I know we've had you on the radio show before uh, talking NFL football and NBA basketball. Is this your uh, first appearance on our brand new show here, Two Guys in a Mic? No, you had me on um, a while ago. Okay. Um, probably right at right at the beginning, and I'm trying to think what we were speaking of. We might have been talking end of football or beginning of hoops. I can't remember, Coach, but I okay. did have a, a, a token appearance. But Well, obviously it was uh, a memorable, memorable moment for me. No, well, it wasn't for me at all. I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if people want archives on the show, I don't know, David, if we go that far back to the original shows, but people can get any of our shows, the archives of the shows, on our uh, webpage, twoguysmike.com, number two in MIC. <laughs> 
www.twoguysmike.com. So people, Charlie, if people are really interested in hearing what you had to say three months ago, they can probably get you an archive. I'm sure you're very proud. Yeah, I'd like that. You know, you, you probably want to make sure you do that before you leave the house today. I doubt Archive it. Charlie. Doubt it, but it sounds good anyways. All right, you just heard my diatribe on the Chicago Bulls. Uh, some of your thoughts on the NBA playoffs, the Bulls in particular who win yesterday to make the eighth spot. Well, the Bulls are playing real well. Um, you know, I had, a, I had the pleasure of seeing Derek Rose play as a freshman in high school, live and all the way through. Didn't see him in college, but, you know, I, I knew – that he was going to be a superstar, and he's only getting better with with not you know with a pretty mediocre team. I mean, they're 500. That's a mediocre team. But um, the guy who really is surprised is, is uh, Noah. I, I didn't think much of him at all. I didn't think he was going to go anywhere. And he is, as you can tell, when he plays, they're competitive. When he doesn't, they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, if John, I think you look at the record. When he was out, they were two and eight, and he came back, and they're eight and two. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think he's really surprised me. I think they'll be competitive and win a game against Cleveland. I think in the NBA, the chalk tends to win in the NBA, unlike the NHL. I think that the chalk tends to win in the NBA, especially over a seven-game series. One of the reasons why they went to seven games is they didn't want a repeat of, a, of what happened years ago where the AC beat a one, and then in those days it was a five-game series. The NBA doesn't want that. The NBA is superstar-driven. And they want the superstars playing. So you so, would disagree uh, with my analysis. Uh, about two o'clock in the morning, I waked up, looked over at my wife. She looked a little bit at that point, but like Zidranus Ogonskis, the center for the Cavaliers. Uh, very scary. Couldn't go back to sleep. Got up and started comparing the matchups. I got the Bulls winning in five games. So you would disagree with that? I, I got, you know, John, I, I was talking to a friend of mine from downtown, uh, down <laughs> Charlie. He's got the Bulls in three. <laughs> Even better, we're so he caught up in Bullamania. The Bulls in three. He says that the that the, cab, the the cadavers will not show up for Game Four because they are humiliated. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I like that. Your friend from downtown, downtown John, if you will. So we knock yeah. off Cleveland twice at their place, the Cavalier Center, or soon to be known as the Le, 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 LeBron Dome. They come back to Chicago. We whack some here. It's three zero. And uh, head coach Mike, uh, what's his name, Mike? Oh, head coach Bernie Bickerstaff? No, no, no. The Cleveland oh. Cavaliers head coach. Oh, Mike, uh, da- not, not Mike Davis? Mike? Mike Brown. Head Mike, coach, Mike, Cavalier Mike coach Mike Brown says we've had enough. We're going shopping on Michigan Avenue and we're going home. And the Bulls win in three. And LeBron missed the flight on purpose. No question. Maybe they sit LeBron out for the first game to rest him for the second playoff series. I would, I would not play him in the first two <laughs> games, actually. Make sure he's healthy. You know, oh, boy. Uh, he looked good. He looked pretty good sitting behind the Cavalier bench during the Bulls game, didn't he? All well, dappered up, and every time well, actually, Maurice Williams would hit three pointers, he's up dancing. Yeah, I'm going to cheat and say that one of the concerns for them, I guess, is Shaq has not played in what two months. Yep. Um, I think he's kind of more of a detriment to them, but he's still Shaq. Mm-hmm. And I guess a couple of players have not. They have not had the starting five play in over two months that would mm-hmm. play say, against the Bulls this weekend. So if that's a hope for the Bulls fans, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, The Bulls are playing pretty well now. No, there's no question the Bulls are playing uh, extremely well. But, uh, of course, kidding when I say Bulls in five. You look at the Cleveland Cavaliers and, you know, it's not just the best player in basketball right now or the co-best with Kobe. 
But uh, they got a lot of talent around him, uh, Charlie, and you throw Shaquille O'Neal into the mix. You're right, maybe a little chemistry problems, but, boy, a lot of guys, much more than the Bulls have, a lot of guys that can hurt you, can score, and can rebound. Yeah, and, you know, you've got a guy in LeBron that can pull a 50-point game. Mm-hmm. You know, not too many players, you know, in a close game, you got a guy who you know, put up 50, 55 points, John. And that's the difference between winning and losing. You know, most just don't have a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two, probably Kobe and LeBron, who can single-handedly will you to, a, you know, a, a win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's not forget the Bulls are a 500 team. And generally, most sports franchises, if you're 500, that's who you are, who you are. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll play them tougher than most of the national media gives them, gives, uh, um, says they will. Pretty good job of overcoming a lot of things during the season, uh, Charlie, in particular. Uh, a, and I'm probably going to miss some stuff here, but the three that stand out to me most are A, a lot of injuries. B, uh, you know, the, the constant rumors and apparent, apparent definiteness of the fact that the coach won't be around next year. I hope that's wrong, but that's apparently. And C, a 10-game losing streak in the second half of the season. How many teams make the playoffs when you have a 10-game losing streak in the second half, the Bulls overcame all that and made the playoffs. I think pretty impressive. Well, if you're in the Eastern Conference in the year 2010, you can do that. <laughs> Good point. Good <laughs> well, point. Just to kind of move back a little bit, Coach. Uh, I think that kind of tells you the Eastern Conference. Um, <laughs> that's why you can do that. That's a very, um, very good point. Western Conference has got teams, what, like five, six, seven games over 500 that uh, – uh, are not making the playoffs, right? Memphis Grizzlies, Houston Rockets, a couple of teams, uh, pretty good ball clubs that just not good enough to make it in the West. Right, and in the East, they'd be four and five seeds, let's face it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those teams would be better than the Bucks. They're better than, you know, the middle of the pack Eastern teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that, that's one that's one way you, you can definitely do it. Toronto, by the way, uh, held up uh, their end of the bargain. They beat the New York Knicks and had to sit back and watch the Bulls knock off uh, – the uh, Charlotte team, as they did, very, very impressive victory. You said you watched Eric Rose in high school, and you said you knew he'd be a star. You really thought this soon? Uh, NBA expert Charlie Colbert joining us here on the TalkZone.com. In his second year that he would be this good of an NBA player, Charlie? Yes, I, re- I did. That's why he's the first draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and one of, one of the things that struck me in high school was he was on a great Simeon, back-to-back state champions, um, really some, some great players. But he, he had a professional body in high school. And he not only had a professional body, but he had a professional point guard. You know, he, you know he's not a short, wiry guy. He was a big point guard with a yep. big NBA-ready body. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, you know, now he gets into college and more so in the pros when he really fills out, you know, gets some real expertise on weight training and diet and stuff, mm-hmm. he would just be a monster. Boy. And I just saw, I just saw, you know, I've seen others. I, I really, I saw a kid named Clinton Richardson, who I thought was the best player I've ever seen. Yep. Um, and I thought, as soon as I saw him play at uh, Whitney Young, I thought, this this guy is going to be in the NBA for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a professional body at a young age. I saw him do things. You know, he would play a game, and his team would be struggling. He'd start the game, and he'd have eight assists and no points, and the team would be down by two. All of a sudden, in the second quarter, he'd stop passing the ball, and he'd start shooting, and they'd be up by 20. Mm -hmm. He had the ability against top-flight competition to do whatever was necessary for his team to win, 
and I'm talking about against great teams. And to be able to go, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let it, you know, all my teammates go, let them into the flow of the game, not even worry about my offense. And when it didn't work out, you go, okay, now I'm gonna start going to the basket. Now I'm gonna start hitting jump shots. And you could see when he was at Memphis, John, when he would go into the lane, he just muscles, he just muscle the ball right up. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody intimidates him in the lane. That, that, that's it's the uniqueness, fearless, I think. Fearless I'm, warrior. A yeah. Fearless kid. And, and, well, you know, a lot of us are fearless. But not many of us uh, have, have that quickness that he has, unbelievable explosiveness. And then what makes it so unique, he combines that quickness with incredible strength on the inside in particular. When he drives to the basket, uh, maybe explosiveness is a better word than that. I mean, Chris Paul is unbelievably quick, maybe even quicker than Derrick Rose, hard to compare greatness. But Rose is even more explosive on his strength as he's able to jump stop on a dime and go straight up. And he can fend off players in the lane. Watch him just fend off the biggest, nastiest players in the mm-hmm. lane. Watch him just fend them off and get his shot off. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not forcing it. He's not, you know, throwing up a prayer hoping it hits something. He thinks it's going in every time. And that's just, you just don't see that very often. It's, you know, a guy who can, can sit out in the perimeter and, and, and go into the lane, you know, at the highest level in the world and, and do what he does. Um, and he just makes everything better. And he just has... Terrific court vision and basketball sense. Can you imagine going out on a pickup court and trying to guard him one on one? Well, Boston can't. I mean, he's a nightmare matchup for them. You know, if you know, I don't think and, and nobody in the NBA could guard him one on. I can't think of a single guy, even when they double team him with that explosive jump stop that he's got. He's able to uh, to split the seams and, and beat double team. I don't think anybody can guard him one on one. No, not really. And we'll see what they do with the zone. We'll see what Cleveland does with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I think they may just go ahead and let him go and then try to, you know, maybe work more on Heinrich or one of the other scorers. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of scores because I agree with you about Luau Ding. He's a, he's a third complimentary player, but, a but, third scorer. But that's the good role for him. It even, is a good even, role for right him. now he's the fourth if you watch the Bull because Heinrich's hot. And as a fourth scorer, that's his perfect role for a winning NBA team. Let me ask you a question, Charlie. If I gave you a choice, let's say the government sent back your taxes, said you filled it out all wrong, you got to do it over again. Would you, A, rather go out and try to uh, defend Derrick Rose in a one-on-one pickup game, guard Derrick Rose, or, B, refill out your uh, United States federal income tax? Uh, guard Derrick Rose. Really? At least I could get his autograph and put it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's looking at the bright side. Oh. You know what? I'll make him go to his left hand, and that'll that'll throw him off his game. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, For about... is, make him go left. <laughs> Can't get a shot off, can you, Derek? Huh? Huh? For about a quarter of a second. All right. Uh, if you look ahead in the NBA playoffs, Charlie, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, who do you see advancing out of the East? Who do you see advancing out of the West? Who might? In about a month and a half, couple of months, when do the NBA playoffs end? Like in September? It's unbelievable uh, how long they take. Fourth of July actually is the yeah. finals. I think when it start, we start getting ready to turn our taxes in again. I it think is, is when we do it. It so, is, you know, coach, you have been coached at different levels and had our whole lives. Yes. Can you have you ever thought of the last that you coached in the NBA? You just be starting. Suppose you coached 30, 40, say thirty-five games for high school, junior high. Mm-hmm. That's that's the maximum amount of games, correct? Right. 
think about your last day, that the last time that you shook one of your players' hands, if you were in the NBA, you'd just be starting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd just be basically less than halfway through your season. Mm-hmm. You know, my point is, what a grind it is. Well, that, that's why and I made that comment so on the uh... games. And I think there's just so many teams that once they clinch things, they're cruised for a couple of months, and then they just pick it up in the playoffs. I just often think, you know, the last game that I coached this year, God, in the NBA, they weren't even halfway through. 80, 82 games, and then, like you said, a playoff season that, if you're lucky enough to advance, can uh, no exaggeration last two months, sometimes even two and a half months, because they space out the games all for TV, of course. You know, you play Wednesday and then Saturday and the following right. Wednesday. So, yeah, it could be a grind. That's why I was commenting earlier in the show about just using Larry Brown as an example, a guy that's been around for that many years, Charlie, to still see his competitive juices kick in in a regular season game. How much basketball over the years has a guy like Larry Brown seen? And, and still, he appears to uh, love the game, love coaching, and a different challenge every game. I find that amazing. It's just a real grind. I mean, it's just a real, real grind. And one of the things that Michael Jordan always said was, which makes him even you know more, more favorable in my eyes, was he said, you know, I always keep in mind that, that especially in road games, this might be the first and only time that a kid or a teenager sees me play. And I owe it to them to give my best. That's great. That's a great thing. To, it's not easy to keep in mind for 82, 82 games. Times, but, 82 times, yep. Coach, he yep. has to say that. Yep. You know, there's no off day for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he always thinks, Absolutely. you know what, I, this may be the one and only time, the first time this person has ever seen me play, I don't want to, you know, have, you know, two points, no it's, rebounds, and foul out. Players yeah, need that. They need they need their handlers. They need their wife, their spouse, their coach, whoever it is. You need to be reminded of that on a consistent basis. You're absolutely correct. With the way price of professional sports tickets are, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, moms and dads that maybe take their kids to the game one time a year, maybe once every couple of years. And you're exactly no. right, Charlie. That could be the day. There's people sitting there that that's their one game they're going to, and they blew the family budget to be there to watch you. If you have three kids, John, and you know this. I've got two and a half kids, but go ahead. You still have the half a kid. Well, you know what, yeah. you know what I told you years ago is, is just take time. It'll be fine. Two and a half um, kids in a two-car garage. I could have gone the other way, but I thought this one was easier. Well, you take the two and a half kids, maybe put the hound in the car. Okay. Um, and go to an NBA game. What is that a... Four five hundred dollar night. Yes. Okay, and this time that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. So it, you know, for many, as you said, it may be the one time they can do it. That's mm-hmm. a lot of that's a lot of money for people with the mm-hmm. with the family. Beautiful, hey, Charlie. The phone line's breaking up a little bit. We appreciate your uh, checking in. Well, a big NBA day here in the city of Chicago. Be good, and we're going to get you on real soon. Okay. Real quick, I like not the Lakers, but I do like the Cavaliers. So you got the Cavs. Who do you think they'll meet in the championship? You know what? Let's go out on the limb and say Dallas. Who? Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Great coach. Megastar. All right. I'm I'm kind of feeling the Phoenix Sun myself. If the The Lakers, the Phoenix Sun. (laughs) The Sun. Okay. The Phoenix Sun. All right, Charlie, uh, thank you so much, and uh, check out the archives. You and your loved ones will be on there for uh, many memories to come.
Coach, call any time. You do a great show, and every time I've been around you, it's just been better and better. Uh, you say Take that care. to all. Call me anytime. Say that to all the girls. Thank you very much. Our NBA right. expert. He also joins us during the NFL season. Charlie. Colbert joining us here on the TalkZone.com. We'll take a quick break. Phone lines are open, folks. You want to check in? We'll talk a little baseball when we come back. 888-463-6748. Ten simple digits. And so much fun on the horizon. Back in a minute. to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And we're back on the TalkZone.com. Two Guys and a Mic, thanks again for joining us. By the way, and we should have mentioned this during the course of the show, Thursday, we are going a uh, second hour. Monday through Friday, typically we go uh, 10 to 11. Today we're going 10 till 12, so if we don't get to all of our Baseball news, we've kind of been basketball intensive here early on. Hour number two, we'll definitely get into the baseball action, including our beloved Cub and Sox here in the uh, Chicago area. And again, the Youth Sports Fan Forum, part of that hour number two as we combine the two experiences. Got a couple of great guests coming up on that particular show as well. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. We did get victories out of both the Sox and Cubs yesterday. Come back. Very, very nicely done for the Chicago Cubs. But a comeback victory. Got any Cub fans out there? You're tired of the basketball talk? Want to talk a little baseball? Get the Cub chubby going. Uh, we're right here for you. Again, 888 Not bad. You need comeback victories like that to spur you on to a winning season. It's games like yesterday that can sometimes give that team the confidence, can elevate the team. To another level, and they got that kind of game yesterday down six to three. Six to three in the eighth inning, and uh, right off the bat, as people are filling out their taxes and getting fully depressed, a smile came to all Chicago Cub fan faces when who's the manager of the um, Milwaukee Brewers? Kenny Maka, I think. Good manager, by the way. I like Ken Maka. Longtime third base coach, managed the Oakland A's for a while. Already been fired from three different jobs. I thought. He did a fine job in all three of them. Kenny Maka calls for Latroy Hawkins to come out of the bullpen. Now, if you are a Chicago Cub fan and remember the Latroy Hawkins experience at Wrigley Field right off the bat, 
You're down 6-3. You only got two innings left. We have a chance, my friends. Like I said, you're filling out your tax forms. Even though you were in pain at the time, a little smile comes over your face. And sure enough, LaTroy uh, started off pretty good for him. And by the way, when the the Cubs picked up LaTroy Hawkins, in all fairness, what was it, about eh, maybe five, six years ago, when they picked him up as a free agent for the Minnesota Twins, I was one of the first to say, great pickup. Because I would watch this guy for the Twins. I forget who their closer was back then. Wasn't Joe Nathan. But LaTroy Hawkins was like their eighth inning guy. And he was lights out. And he would do it against my beloved White Sox, too. That's right. I'm one of those weird guys that root for both Chicago teams, the Cubs and the White Sox. And LaTroy Hawkins was really, really good. Why am I spitting apple pieces out here? For all the webcasting fans, hopefully you're not watching in high depth as I spread small pieces of little apple bits out there. If you got a regular TV... There are advantages of the regular TV. You couldn't see that in high depth. You're probably uh, wiping yourself off right now. I apologize. But uh, LaTroy Hawkins, we, we thought he was a great pickup. Guy was great for Minnesota. Like so many other players, it seems to happen, they come over to the Cubs, and they completely lay an egg. So anyhow, that's past history. What happened yesterday is they bring out LaTroy Hawkins, and I got the first two outs. Two outs, nobody on, looks like another Cub defeat. And again, I preface it by saying these are the kind of games that teams need early in the season, to get the team chemistry flowing, to get that team belief that maybe this could be our year, to get the feel-good going, if you will. you got to get games like yesterday, and sure enough, the Cubs, when it looked like they were left for dead, two outs, bottom of the eighth, and Jeff Baker, I believe, started off, comes up with a base hit. And all you Jeff Baker fans out there, which I think includes Mrs. Baker, his sister, brother, and a couple of uncles, that's about it. But Jeff Baker starting to win the hearts of the Chicago Cub fans. Had a big home run a couple of games ago, big base hit a couple of games ago, and uh, comes up with a base hit with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. And then Giovanni Soto comes up, and I think Lou Piniella talked to him after the game and told Gio, who drew a walk, that that was his best at bat he's seen in over a year. Fought off some foul balls, had the discipline to stay off of some bad pitches. So now all of a sudden, LaTroy Hawkins, he got the sweat beads going. First and second. Two outs, tying run up to bat. Tyler Colvin, the young rookie for the Chicago Cubs. He battles LaTroy Hawkins into a walk. Now you got the bases loaded. All of a sudden, the Cub fans are up and cheering. The fans that started to head to the parking lot earlier to beat the traffic are starting to regret it. Because, folks, if you haven't been to Wrigley Field, once you leave the park, You could have a dying child left inside. They will not let you back in. You get that hand stamp, forget about it. Once you're in the park, if you leave, you do not come back. Again, even if you brought six kids and you left with five and you forgot one, forget about it. Those ushers will not let you back in. Many fans wish they could have got back in. Bases loaded and Ryan Terrio gets two strikes on him, and it looks like Latroy is going to get that third strike. Terrio, it was an ugly swing. It was not a... Real good swing, but it doesn't matter how hard you hit it. If you place it in the right place, Ontario put it beautifully in the right center field. Actually, the um, Milwaukee Brewer right fielder, Corey Hart, probably should have caught the ball. If I'm watching the replay, if I'm the rest of the Milwaukee Brewer defensive mates in a key situation like that, you got to give a little bit better effort. you got to make a diving plan. that you got to at least attempt to make the ESPN top ten highlights of the day. And that would have been, but it was a catchable ball. Would have been a great catch, but a catchable ball. Corey Hart plays it safe, lets the ball bounce. Runners were running with two strikes, two runs in, all of a sudden six to five, and the Cub fans are going up and cheering. 
going up uh, cheering and going crazy, I should say. Six to five, Latroy Hawkins, the sweat feeds continue. Kenny Maka, no move to the bullpen. Cubs down one. Kosuke Fukudome up. Batting like 400 on the season. Kosuke having a great start to the season. Let's hope we can continue. Kosuke, again, it's not how hard you hit it. It's where you hit it. He hits a ground ball that could have been an out. The second baseman dove for it, but he couldn't quite get to it. Two straight Brewer plays that if they would have pulled him off, they would have won the game. Neither one of them able to make the great play. Ball goes through. Cubs get two runs. They take a 7-6 to six lead. And again, a great, great comeback. And, of course, Carlos Marmal, for those uh, Cub fans who watched it, came out of the bullpen and faced the meat of the Milwaukee Brewer lineup. And unlike other times when he would walk a batter, put a couple of runners on, and make things hard and barely get out of a game, wow, that was nice. He got strikeout, 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 challenged the hitters, no walks, struck out the meat of the order, and the Cubs get a huge victory, 7-6. to six. So we'll talk some baseball in hour number two of the program. Uh, our phone number here again, 888-463-6748. We're going two hours today, so we're going to take a quick break. At the top of the hour, a little U Sports Fan Forum coming up as well. Two guys that are Mike, David Olson, our producer, hour number one. He did a phenomenal job. We can only expect the same greatness in hour number two. Don't go anywhere, folks. Back in about four minutes.